I think Americans are really intrigued by South America. It's it's so close to us. We're excited by it. We want to we want to learn more about this place that we really don't know anything about, but we we think we know because of movies and such. Um, so, and it also seems like an, an unexplored territory for uh, for people like us, where everyone's done the Euro trip five times, um, or um, maybe the, some friends have gone to Africa or whatever. But like, very few people have really that, at least in my circle, really understood South America. So that's why I think it's exciting. Hey, what's up, you guys? My name is Mikko Karshovsky, and welcome to another episode of That Remote Life Podcast, where we hear from remote work experts, digital nomads, and location-independent entrepreneurs, so you can learn to quit the cubicle and live life on your terms. Today on the podcast, I'm joined by Alex Harling from DynamiteJobs.com. Alex has been living in Colombia with his wife, Lena, for the last two years. And during this episode, we discuss why Colombia is so attractive for digital nomads, if Colombia is a safe place to set up a home base, and what Alex's top recommendations are for cities to base from in Colombia. If you've been curious about Colombia, this is the digital nomad guide you've been waiting for. Now, two quick things before we jump into the interview. Number one, make sure you subscribe to my newsletter, Remote Insider, where every Monday I share the most important developments in the areas of remote work, online business, tech, and the digital nomad lifestyle. It has been called Mandatory Reading by other subscribers, and if you enjoy this podcast, I guarantee you will also love being a Remote Insider subscriber. You can subscribe to that at thatremotelife.com forward slash remote insider, all one word. And at number two, I'd like to personally invite you to join our TRL listener Slack channel, which you can find at thatremotelife.com forward slash Slack. In the Slack channel, you'll be able to have direct contact with me, meet other listeners of this show, and we'll be putting together events and Q&As with some of our biggest podcast guests to dive in even deeper with them. Access to the Slack channel is completely free. And again, that link is thatremotelife.com forward slash Slack. One final thing, if you haven't left a review of the show already, please consider leaving one wherever you listen to podcasts. I would really, really appreciate that. You can also leave a review by going to ratethispodcast.com forward slash TRL, where I've made it really easy for you to leave a review. It just takes a minute and I'd really, really appreciate that. But all right, you guys, without further ado, let's dive into this awesome conversation with Alex Harling. Alex, welcome to the show, man. I'm so excited to finally get you on here. How are you doing? I'm good. Thanks, Nico. Yeah, I'm so excited uh, to have you on here. Uh, you're over in Thailand, by the way, so thank you for making the time to uh, <laughs> to join us. I know it's late for you, but I wanted to have you on the podcast here because you have spent a lot of time in Colombia, um, and obviously, Colombia for the last couple of years has started becoming more popular for digital nomads, and especially, I feel like it really got into the news a lot more because of the recent digital nomad visa. So I thought, you know, let's have you on, let's talk about all things Colombia. Like let's dive into it and uh, you know, kind of let people know why they should visit what they need to know about, you know, before visiting and so on and so forth. So first of all, starting off, how did you initially end up in Colombia? Like I said, I know you've been there for quite a while now, but what was the original reason that you went down there? I married a Colombian. <laughs> that will do it. <laughs> was did you, wait? So did you? So 
you you have an amazing wife named Lena who's awesome. Uh, how? So did you guys meet in Colombia or did you meet outside of Colombia? Yeah, we actually met um, in New Hampshire in the U.S., which was uh, which was funny. Uh, she was there on a work contract. I was there for just a few weeks to visit family. Um, and then I stayed and we kept uh, we kept dating. And after her work contract ended, uh, she said, "Well, I'm going I'm going back to Colombia." Uh, and I said, well, I'm going with you because, uh, <laughs> for a lot of reasons, she didn't invite you. You, you said, I'm coming. I said, I'm coming. Yeah. And so and she was, she was, she was shocked that I, I, I was, I would make that, uh, that jump. But, um, yeah, I mean, I was always interested by, by Columbia. Um, I mean, I don't know, maybe if you asked me in high school to name some South American countries, Colombia would be one of them I could name, um, because of its, its, uh, its reputation, which is trying to fight now. And so I was always, I was always interested in, what was happening down there in uh, in in that part of the world? And I, at that time, when, when when Lena and I met, I was working remotely, um, and I would had just come from living in Morocco for a month, and um, wanted to go back over to Europe. Um, but I was looking into South America actually, and so it kind of worked out well. Like, oh well, let's uh let's go check out Colombia. And to be honest, I was nervous to do it on my own, so she gave me the best <laughs> the best reason to uh, uh, to go there. So. You mentioned Colombia's reputation. Obviously, that's something that uh, most people, like when you ask them, hey, what do you know about Colombia? They're going to talk about like drugs and crime and, you know, that sort of thing. That has changed a lot, even from my perspective. And I've never been to Colombia, by the way. But even like for me, knowing what I know now about Colombia, things seem to have changed quite a bit. But I'm curious, when you talk to your family, uh, about, hey, I'm going down to Colombia, I'm following this girl down in Colombia. What sort of hesitations did they have? Like, what did you use as information to make them feel better? Because to give you an example, when my wife Sarah and I first went down to Mexico, uh, our parents were also a little bit like, are you sure you want to go to Mexico? Like, the news does not seem to paint a very rosy picture of what's going on in Mexico. And the thing that I always said was like, Hey, actually, that's what the media says. But like, let's actually look at the data. And we were going to Merida, which is actually the second safest city in North America. And that's where they kind of started feeling like, okay, like we're not getting the the right picture of Mexico. I understand that the data, the stats are different. So what sort of information did you use to kind of like set the scene in a similar way? Or did you not do that? Well, if I had just gone... Um... And, and without uh, like without any connection there, without without Lena, um, I think they would have been a lot more nervous. But they they'd grown very fond of Lena, and she spent holidays with us. Um, and uh, and so she, they, they, my family felt a lot more comfortable knowing someone from there. And of course, Lena, she's she, she's tough. She's like, yeah, no, don't worry about this this, this guy down there. I, I got him. Um, but the one thing that really helps if you're trying to convince uh, your family of of, of a safe place is using the uh, the State Department, U.S. State Department's recommendations. At that time, I think there's four um, levels, uh, one through four, four being the worst, one being the safest. Um, Columbia was at a two. I don't know where it is, where it is now, um, but it was at a two. Um, and uh, where it's like, I don't know, Thailand, for example, is, is, is a one. Um, and so Columbia was at a two and um, just them seeing that, realizing, oh, it's actually really safe there. Um, and then if they're still skeptical, um, you just kind of ask them, like, well, have you have you seen Colombia Colombia in the news lately? And if they had, it would be for the peace agreements um, with the uh, the guerrilla fighters um, and a lot of the progressive uh, reforms the government was making. So it was only good things. And then if they are still thinking it's it's dangerous, um, 
just ask them to Google what are the most dangerous uh, cities and countries, and Colombia won't won't show up on there. Um, Mexico will, so don't show that to your. <laughs> but um, that that those are the little tricks. Um, and I think my my parents did some 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 research because you know they they care. They wanted to know what was going on there. And then they forget. They forget we're 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 there because um, we're we're usually moving anyways. Um, and uh, other people forget that we're in Colombia. They always confuse it with Brazil. They'll say, "Oh, how is how is Brazil?" <laughs> uh, but those are the tricks I would um, I'd recommend. Yeah, and a note on the U.S. State Department thing as well is because I've looked at it before, specifically for Mexico. And if you look at it on Mexico, it's like, do not step foot inside of this country. Oh god! But the reality <laughs> is, is like usually they use this like very they paint with a very wide brush, right? So like entire states will be like red, for example. And to me, that's kind of like saying, okay, so don't travel to Michigan because Detroit's dangerous or don't go to Illinois because Chicago is dangerous. Well, if you actually look at the fine print, and this is my recommendation, is if you're trying to make like an educated decision, when you look at the U.S. State Department travel recommendations, don't look at just the highlighted information because they will explain to you why they've given that, that ranking, like why that area, because like for Mexico, they actually rank it based on states i don't know if they do the same thing for colombia or not or if colombia is smaller so they just kind of like do the whole country but look at the fine print of why they've done that because usually they'll tell you oh in this town in this state there's like some gang activity or whatever but it so then if you like look into it like okay so as long as i don't go to that town everything's fine or usually there's like a lot of like border disputes or whatever so does the usa department does, does it do Colombia based on states or is it just, does it just do the whole country or are you not sure? Yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah, that's a good question. Yeah, I really, I, I don't it's know. Like Colombia is like smaller than Mexico, but still quite a large country. So I could see it um, going both ways. Yeah. So one thing they do do um, that I'd recommend, I guess, if you're going anywhere that is a, uh, uh, that might make your family nervous, um, would you can sign up for uh, US State Department alerts just to let them know that you're in that country. And that's actually how I, I haven't checked the U.S. State Department page in a long time because um, I haven't really needed to. I'm going to countries that recently that I'm very familiar with, um, but I'm on uh, for the U.S. State Department. They know and uh, they know I live in, in in Bogota, and so they send me uh, emails all the time about stuff that's going on. And that's I think one of the best ways to stay up to date on what's actually happening. So two examples are um, like rec recent examples are there's been some protests in the city. Uh, re recently, a new president has been elected um, uh, one or two months ago. And there's been a lot of protests um, and the U.S. State Department will send me an email and, and say, oh, not the State Department, the, the embassy in, in Bogota will mm -hmm. send me an email because I'm on their list. And it will say, please don't go to this area in Bogota and it'll list the exact streets or the neighborhood. And that's really helpful. Um, it also will, another example is um, in the northern part of Colombia, there's still some uh, grill activity and um, it'll list like, uh, don't go to these areas. Um, there's still possible chances of kidnapping um i don't know if you're able to see those reports beforehand i'm, I'm sure i'm sure you could um that was a really way really good way to know exactly where not to be um because yeah colombia is a lot smaller it's a lot more smaller it's a lot yeah a lot smaller than mexico um and so you're either going to be in one of the major cities um or you're going to be going up north to some remote places to do some hiking and they the state department does give you updates on maybe you shouldn't uh, <laughs> go to that area you can go to these instead those are really useful. Yeah, that reminds me of, I don't know if you've heard of the Citizens app or if you've used it, where it will like notify you of 
like uh uh like crime in your area but it's like so the way that sounds like a much better way of doing it than the citizens app because it's like terrifying you're like all of a sudden you're like oh my god all of this stuff is going on around me <laughs> like i don't want to leave the house you know what I mean? so uh that sounds like a bit more of like a more controlled stream of information than just notifications every hour of everything that's <laughs> going on uh, around yeah, I don't, you. I don't want but that. let's talk a little bit why don't you sell us a little bit on Colombia? Like, obviously, you you said you you followed Lena down there, um, and and you decided to to set up shop there. But why did you decide to stay on there? Like, why do you think it's such a popular destination for digital nomads, or at least growing in popularity for digital nomads? That kind of give us the, if you were gonna, you know, try what what is the pitch, right? What is the elevator pitch for for Colombia? Great question. Um, so my perspective is going going to be heavily um, from someone living in Bogota. Um, been to Medellin and, and, and Cartagena and the major cities, but my my view is is, is from a like a, a Bogotano um, or a Rolo, as they would say there. Um, so why why Colombia? Um, one of the main reasons. Uh, my, my my first thought is 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 one of my first thoughts next to safety, and we can talk about that as well after. It's a larger topic, I think. Um, is uh, time zones and, and working remotely. That's my first consideration, and uh, it's. Uh, Colombia, depending on what the whether it's daylight savings or, or what part of daylight savings the U.S. in, Colombia is whole country is either in Central or U.S. time, and that's so convenient. Um, so that that's that's really great. Um, second part, it's a it's a it's a Bogota specifically um, is a major international city. I mean, it's not as major as like, a lot of Asian cities or um, or as as visited as much as as New York, but. There's 10 million people there. Um, there are 10 million people there. Um, there's a major airport that you can fly from to, to Spain or um, uh, I don't know, anywhere in the U.S. Um, from there or fly down to, uh, to further down South America to Buenos Aires. So that's a really cool um, selling point as well. Um, I think it has all the amenities you need to be, to be I mean, it's a, it's a Western city. Um, so it has a lot of brands that, that, that us Americans are familiar with. Um, there's, there's, we works there, um, plenty of other co-working spaces. They've, they've really come up to, um, that level of, of our comfort with, um, with, with working remotely. Um, Amazon has now expanded and they have more, I guess, suppliers or warehouses nearby. So you can't get everything you need, but they still have a lot, um, which is, which is great. So it's, it's become a lot more convenient, um, to live there. I, since the, they really pushed that during the pandemic, I, I saw before the pandemic where it was you could get anything online um and now you can get pretty much anything um not there's no next day shipping but you can get it pretty quickly so in terms of working and um and finding your comforts um that's that's pretty easy to do um but i can go i mean there's a few topics we can go into whether that's um uh the selling points which would be food uh things to do like the culture i guess we can go in any of those directions yeah so let's chat a little bit about i'm a lot of people are thinking to be curious about the cost of living. So how would you compare that? And like, can you give us, I think it's always funny when people talk about like, well, it's 56% lower than New York. I'm like, I don't know what that means. <laughs> Neither do I. <laughs> talk to me in, in real terms. Um, like what can people expect to pay, you know, for like a, um, an apartment for a month on the local market, or even like, I don't know if you are familiar with like Airbnb prices, but obviously a lot of people would be booking you know, midterm rentals and Airbnb, that sort of stuff. Can you give us like a ballpark pricing of like how much it would cost for you um, to find housing? And then as well, just kind of like 
a day out in Bogota? Like how much things cost, like getting breakfast, coffee, that sort of stuff? Yeah, great question. I actually, I think it's my favorite part to talk about because anytime I talk to someone and they say, oh, you're in Colombia and, or, or, or friends that I can talk about renting price, rental prices with, I love bragging about the rental prices. Um, mm -hmm. So for the past two years, and sadly, we had to say goodbye to this apartment. When we, when we go back uh, next month, we're going to be in a new place because the apartment was, was sold to new owners, so we can't rent there anymore. Um, but for two years, we were living in an apartment um, in a great neighborhood. Um, it's called uh, Chapanero. So if you, if, uh, if you ever go to Bogota, that's one of the cool neighborhoods to be. Um, uh, it was in a like, central part of the city. Um, the apartment had a, a parking spot. Um, it was a duplex. So we had, um, like a, a loft upstairs with an office. And then I, I call I'd call it my sunroom and I had a big window looking at the mountains. Um, that's another, another direction the conversation goes. Bogota is very an outdoor city. So anywhere you go, you can see the mountains, um, which is really cool. Um, so, but back to the apartment. Um, so we had the, the duplex, um, the, the nice upstairs, and then we had two bedrooms, um, uh, two and a half baths, um, big kitchen, big living space, balcony. It was huge. It was awesome. And, um, I mean, we, we spent all the pandemic there. Um, no, no problem at all. And, and the price for that apartment was just under a thousand dollars. Wow. And was that on the local market or did you go through something like, it sounds like that was on the local market. It, it was a long-term rental. Yeah. So when we first found it, we actually, we, we stayed there for a bit in 2019 because my family and friends were visiting and it was around, um, Fifteen or sixteen hundred dollars for the month, and that was a little steeper, but it was big, and so I was like, "Okay, let's, let's do this." And then, um, after when when the pandemic hit, pandemic hit, we moved in there because uh, we, we became friendly with the with the owners, and we cut a deal with them, and they dropped it to a um, thousand. And looking at other, I mean, I just switched switched apartments, um, and so looking at prices again, it's it's similar, um, but you'd have to on Airbnb, you're definitely going to pay for another three to maybe six hundred dollar uh um up of like a increase um being on airbnb they just actually there's some kind of um new tourism tax um which has not helped the airbnb owner so it's a little more expensive um but because we switched uh off airbnb to um paying directly owners we, we saved 600 and i don't normally do that because i like airbnb and i like the secure the yeah the insurance there um but we're the new place we just moved to or we moved all our stuff to it before we came to Thailand and we're moving back there um, for a, a few more months is um, same neighborhood, great location. Um, doesn't have a parking spot, but security in the building, um, older building, but it has uh, two bedrooms, two bath, uh, big living space, nice big kitchen, some storage areas. Um, so like, to compare to contrast, the other one doesn't have the duplex part. It's missing one bathroom, but we're paying, I think around 700 a month on Airbnb, mm. which is a really awesome. great price. That's on Airbnb. On Airbnb, yeah. Wow. Yeah, I think Airbnb post-COVID has almost created like it's like a separate rental market where I think a lot more places are starting to kind of charge similar rates now, even if they're in different countries, if that makes sense. Like we were recently looking at like Lisbon and Porto because uh, we're thinking about going over there. and. I don't really see a lot of like geo arbitrage there. Like I don't see a lot of like pricing that is following the Portuguese rates essentially. And if yeah. you look on like what it what you'd pay normally, you know, through like a long term rental, 
the prices are vastly different. It almost seems like Airbnb is like shielded. Like they know, hey, the people who are coming here are not Portuguese. They do not have Portuguese, you know, incomes. We're going to charge them American rates, for example. Um, but it's good to hear that, that Colombia, you know, has not raised the rates in that way. What about um, just kind of like day-to-day costs? Like, can you give us an idea of how much you'd spend on like lunch or dinner or anything like that? Oh, yeah. So like a day out. Um yeah, I'll go through a day out. So say, um, okay, so like a taxi, for example, I think the taxi prices are really great. Um, and they have Uber there, it's semi-legal, whatever that means. Um, but they have another app called uh, Cabify, which is Uber for taxis. Like so, a local Uber? Yeah, yeah. The, the interface is amazing and works really well and the customer service is great. So <laughs> if anyone has to go and use use Cabify, it, it, it's, it's good, it's just as good as Uber. Um, yeah, maybe like a ten-minute ride away um, is is a dollar. A Thirty-minute ride away can be three to five dollars. Um, so the taxi prices are really great, um, but traffic can be insane. Um, public transport is really difficult. I honestly don't recommend it. I recommend sitting in traffic for an hour or two, <laughs> paying a few extra dollars, and and not to use the public trans- transportation. Um, at least in Bogota. Um, I mean, coffee. Uh, you want to get your morning coffee. Colombia is the coffee capital of the world right and so um you can get like the cheapest coffee you can get um could be around 25 cents there's there are people who um, they sell coffee off little carts on the street and you can get really cheap coffee there or you can go to a local place and be between 50 cents and two dollars um depending on the, on the coffee starbucks price is the same as, as anywhere um for lunch um so there's these little restaurants, uh, they're called uh, Corrientasos, and it means just like they're, they're fast food. And um, it's kind of the, the local food there. And so, yeah, you can get a, um, uh, you can get like a big plate of um, potatoes and meat, um, and maybe a little salad and, and rice. And um, I'm trying to remember now, it could be anywhere from two to like two to five dollars, depending on like whether you got some chicken or you got the fish of the day or, or something. Um, and, and it comes with a soup usually, yeah, soup. Colombians love their soup, which is great. I like soup too. So, um, yeah, so two to five dollars if you're going to a very local place. Um, and if you're in like the southern part of the city, more where like the uh, the historic downtown is, or central the city where, where I live, it's a um, little bit of the northern influence, it's not quite completely gentrified yet. It still uh, feels more uh, local. Um, you can you can get those kinds of meals, but. Um, we're not eating there very often. Um, we're usually, uh, cooking our own food. And I, I would say the price, um, of the grocery store is maybe about, I'm going to use percentages. Uh, it's probably like 25 to 50% less than like us grocery prices. Um, and I've heard crazy things about us grocery, us grocery prices lately because of inflation and depending where you are, but, um, like veg- fresh vegetables are so much cheaper. Um, fresh meat is, is, is much cheaper. Um, and then it's it's an international city, so um, if you wanted to go to a, like a nice um, Asian restaurant, for example, um, you can get a, like a really quality pad thai for nine or eleven dollars, um, and really good sushi for between eight and ten dollars, something like that. Um, so you can still eat really well, like you were in New York or Boston, but um, the price is I don't know, it'd be ten to five dollars cheaper, <laughs> um, depending on the dish. Yeah, that sounds that sounds great. Uh, I don't know why grocery prices are so much higher in the United States, because even if you go to like a country, like, you know, people would say like, uh, 
a well-branded country like Spain, the groceries are just so much cheaper, even if like a lot of other things are, are more expensive. So that's like when we were in Bulgaria, for example, I love going out there and getting the groceries because you can just get so much for so little. And it's, it's just the, it's the best. Let's talk a little bit about how to actually get down there. So obviously Colombia just released a new digital nomad visa. People can go and read about that if they want to. There's tons and tons of news articles about that. I'm curious about the like what is the tourist visa situation there like if somebody was to come down as a digital nomad they're not really interested in the nomad visa they know they're going to stay for you know they like to stay for a couple of months what is the process like there like what are how long are you allowed to stay uh down in colombia yeah for americans um i don't think they've changed anything in the last few years um you get a visa on arrival and it's good for three months and by visa on arrival i mean you get off the plane, you go through immigration, you show your passport, and then they, they give you a stamp. So it's three months, 90 days. Um, and I used that for a while with no issues at all. Um, but then thanks to my wonderful wife. And is I it like, a, sorry to interrupt you. Is it one of those, is it one of those things where you can do, like, do you just do a border run to reset the 30 days? Or is there some sort of uh, the 90 days? Or is there some sort of period that you have to stay outside of the country? No, I think you can reset it um no no so this is as i remember this is why i ended up getting i had to get uh more serious about visas because i was staying there for the long term um it's like the it's like the schengen one you i don't think you can do border runs with schengen um i don't remember exactly no. how that works but it's that same situation it's 90 days in 180 yeah, yeah I, i'm pretty sure it's the same as that and um i've heard some stories of of, of, of some local friends or other Americans who had some issues um, with that. And every time I go through immigration, I mean, I, I have a spousal visa, um, uh, spousal, marriage visa is what it's called, M, the M visa. Um, every time I go through immigration, they are always double checking. They're very, uh, very firm about it. Um, immigration is a hot topic right now in Colombia um, because of uh, they're a, a neighbor with Venezuela. So they're always like, they're, they're checking everything all the time. Um, and uh, I mean, I've I've been at the border gate and seeing they they I've, like twice I've seen them take people away um, to like the back room. I mean, maybe they're taking them to their private jet, or maybe they're <laughs> they're taking them to the immigration <laughs> office, so they'll have to pay a fine. Um, so I've never I've never pushed that, but I think it's ninety days within one hundred and eighty days. But uh, anyone who's going to Colombia, please double check that. Uh, <laughs> don't don't quote me on that. Yeah, this is an investment advice. This is just uh, entertainment, right? Like. <laughs> Um, and then do you know anything about that new nomad visa? Like, does that, I, I don't know if you've taken a look at it, but from your point of view, if you have, what are your kind of immediate opinions about it? You know, I, I, I haven't even heard about that yet. Um, I was checking out, uh, okay. Spain's and Portugal's. If you tell me about it, maybe I can provide some thoughts on it. Yeah. I don't know a ton about it, to be honest myself. I have stayed a little bit away from these digital nomad visas outside of saying like, oh, this country has one of these uh, because they just kind of seem I'm not quite so sure if they've been figured out. And the reason why I ask is I feel like people who have experienced that country and know what the current existing um, immigration slash tourist laws are tend to have some sort of opinion on like this isn't that interesting because they've just tweaked this part of the tourist visa, for example. Um, or whatever it may be. So so that's why I was asking. Uh, but let's kind of shift away um, from that and talk about areas of Colombia to visit. Obviously, you said in your, you're in Bogota. Would you recommend Bogota to other digital nomads? Uh, Medellin, obviously, is a very popular city as well. 
what are your opinions on those two places uh, and any sort of like recommendations in terms of neighborhoods that you may have for Bogota and Medellin, uh, if you know any in Medellin, and any other towns that maybe aren't as popular as Bogota and Medellin that you think would be a good place to, to set up shop for a nomad? Yeah, great, great question. Um, so <laughs> this is a challenging one. Um, in terms of um, like think things to do because uh, it's a big big country. Um, I guess I'll start with I'll start with with Medellin, um, and then I'll talk about Bogota because my experience in Bogota is a lot bigger. Um, so like Medellin uh, is yeah, obviously it's been popular with the digital nomad movement for seven eight years, um, what have you. Uh, and uh, why why is it so wonderful? Um, I mean. I think Americans are really intrigued by South America. It's it's so close to us. We're excited by it. We want to we want to learn more about this place that we really don't know anything about, but we we think we know because of movies and such. Um, so, and it also seems like an, an unexplored territory for uh, for people like us, where everyone's done the Euro trip five times, um, or um, maybe the, some friends have gone to Africa or whatever. But like, very few people have really that, that, at least in my circle, really understood South America. So that's why I think it's exciting. Um, it's like when you arrive in Medellin, um, I describe Medellin as like a puppy dog. When you arrive, it just, it, it runs up to you and it's all warm and it's sunny and it welcomes you. And it just, it, it, it wants you to be a part of the city. Um, and, uh, it looks, the whole city looks very new. And I think, cause a lot of the buildings are very new, um, which is nice. And it's, it's the weather is wonderful. It's like 70 degrees Fahrenheit all the time. It's sunny. Um, yeah, just, it's just a beautiful city to walk around, um, which I which I think is is great. Um, and then it has all the things to do as as any major um, major city. Um, one like uh, they have, I think, the second largest rock in the world called Huatepe, uh, um, which is like a big tourist destination. Um, and then tons of surrounding little quiet towns um, that you can go to by by day trip. Throughout all of Colombia, there's a wonderful culture of um, of, of outdoor lifestyle. Um, people, they really love to be outdoors, which I, I think that's something that attracts, attracts me to the place. Um, so in, in Bogota, for example, um, it's, uh, um, the, every Sunday they have something called the, the Ciclovia and they shut down many of the major roads and it's just for foot traffic. Um, and so people are walking the dogs, running, biking, and that's just, it's, it's exciting. And they do that partly for pollution, but they do it to, to say, Hey, come and see our city, like to, to, to its own, to its own citizens. Let's enjoy the city. The city is for you. Um, you'll see when you're, whether you're driving through Bogota or driving through the hills of, of, of around Medellin, you're going to see tons of people biking. Um, I think the, not the last, some, many of the recent or some of the recent, uh, Tour de France winners were, were Colombian. Um, so they have like world-class, world-class athletes are coming from this, the, in this country, which I think is amazing. And, um, uh, something that Colombians are very proud of and they, they, they want to promote that. Um, so yeah, both Medellin and Bogota are very outdoorsy. Um, a lot of green spaces, a lot of parks, um, it could be harder to adjust to Bogota. Bogota has an altitude of like 8,000 feet. Um, and for context, um, Denver is like, like 5,600 feet. So like we, we got, we got Denver beat big time. Um, and so it, it takes, people adjustment to, um, uh, to get used to that. Um, so give yourself a few days. Don't think that you're stronger than altitude sickness. You're not, um, it'll, it'll, it's insidious. It'll get to you one way or the, or the other. Um, but, um, yeah, there's just so many parks to, 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 to see, um, if you're into running, there's tons of running groups. If you're into 
like outdoor yoga or um or tai chi every saturday i see a, a tai chi group um for me for example i um i do a lot of climbing and um and, and uh, I, I practice uh, krav maga um, which is, is like martial arts and they're all done usually outside and so when you're outside doing your sport in a park you see tons of other people doing like there's a kickboxing group nearby there's uh, people doing yoga or the tai chi or just families walking by um and then people selling um uh, strawberries uh, or um, different things um, in, in the park. So it has that wonderful outdoor feeling. And I, I recommend Columbia if that's the kind of uh, lifestyle you're into or you want to um, in- encourage. Very cool. What about um, some other small towns around there? Because like I said, Medellin and, and Bogota, I think most people are going to be familiar with. Maybe even Cartagena, right? Like that's also maybe like popular one. Are those the three places that you would recommend digital nomads go to? Or is there something that you would say not a lot of people have talked about, but it's really, really cool. I think it's like a really great, uh, you know, place to set up. I'll give you an example just while you think about it. You know, a lot of people talk about Mexico. You know, you hear Playa del Carmen. You hear Mexico City a lot. Um, You know, sort of those are very popular locations. But I think a really great location is actually Querétaro, which is about like two-ish hours outside of Mexico City. And has a lot of amenities, really easy to le- live, low cost of living, uh, very close to Mexico City. So you have all of that. So it's like one of these places that you don't hear about, but I think could be a really great place to set up shop if you're a digital nomad. So I'm curious, is there something like that in Colombia that doesn't get talked about much? You've mentioned um, Cart- Cartagena. Uh, yeah, I think Cartagena is really cool to visit. Um, I mean, that's a whole other conversation. Like, I think I've been there two times just on vacation. I wouldn't, I would not recommend it as a like a digital nomad spot, um, unless you're super into, uh, I don't know, diving. You want to go diving for a month. Um, yeah, you could rent an apartment near the water. Um, but the only part of Cartagena that's nice, uh, I don't want to offend anyone. That's that's tourist friendly. Um, is is closer to the water. Oh, the rest of the city, you wouldn't really, um, you wouldn't, you wouldn't go there. Um, um, it, and it's very similar to like, I guess it has, I've never been to Miami, but I heard it has Miami vibes. Um, there's a wonderful old part of the city. Um, and then, but then there's like a very new area, um, called, the uh, Boca Grande, which is just like sky skyscrapers and then private little private beaches that aren't, aren't natural. So I wouldn't recommend there. I'd recommend Bogota or, um, or, or, or Medellin. Um, but other places to explore, the, the problem is, the, the reason why I mentioned those three major cities is because they're easy to get to, um, either from a direct flight from the U.S. Well, I don't think Medellin has many direct flights, but Cartagena and, and Bogota do. Um, it's easy to get to by flying, and then you hop in a cab and you, you go where you need to go. The rest of Colombia is, is really hard to reach, um, and I, I, I wouldn't necessarily recommend going there unless you're unless you to those areas, unless you speak Spanish really well, you have a guide, you're going with a group, um, and you're ready for an adventure um uh, so there in the santander region in the north is one of the most beautiful parts of the country and um uh, lean and i went on a trip uh just just before we came to thailand in september there um to there's this beautiful little towns in which this one called barichara and it's, it's some of the i think barichara was named like the most beautiful town in colombia or, or something um, just little picturesque uh, colonial style homes but but small and, and, and quaint um in cobblestone streets um and then lots of nice hiking around the weather's nice it's a dry heat um so it's 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 wonderful and and uh, we have friends who go visit there um more often but it's hard to get there um from Bogota, it's like 
eight hour drive. And I mean, Oh wow. Yeah. Mikko, we're not talking about driving like from Colorado to Michigan. Like we're, we're talking about like ups and downs and, 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 and craziness. Um, so it's, it's really hard to reach those areas. Um, and that's one of the reasons why we don't, we don't travel as much to the, those far away outside towns. Um, so I would recommend setting up shot in either uh, Bogota or Medellin, but all those cities, they do have little towns nearby that are easier to get to. You, I wouldn't recommend mm-hmm. staying in them long-term, um, but you can go for the day and see in the really uh, beautiful little towns. That's very cool. Yeah. Well, you've made me, listen, Colombia has always been on my list. It's always been a place that I've wanted to go see. And when I see pictures from Medellin, I'm always like, I think I'm going to really like it here just based on like, I love those buildings with the mountains in the background. I think it looks beautiful. I've seen pictures of Bogota as well. I'm very excited to go visit and you've definitely made me a bit more excited and a bit more um, interested in coming than just like a place on my list. So thank you for coming on and kind of sharing about that. Uh, I think a lot of people will, you know, feel similar to me. So just kind of having a little bit of a guide uh, that you've just created for us is very, very helpful. Let people know, do you have any sort of, um, you know, obviously, first of all, where can people find you on social media if you'd like them to connect with you? Uh, and is there anywhere else that you'd like to share? Obviously, we didn't mention that you uh, work for Dynamite Jobs, which is one of my favorite uh, remote work job sites. So if anyone's looking for uh, remote work, definitely head over there and check that out. But anywhere else that you want to point people to on the Internet? No, I'm, I'm not active on socials at all. Uh, <laughs> if you followed me, you'd be bored. <laughs> All right, so actively don't follow Alex in that case, uh, but do head, but do check out Dynamite Jobs so that you can go and live in Colombia and, and work remotely. Great advice. All right, Alex. Thank you so much, man. This was a ton of fun. Yep, you got it.